Hey, Benny. Hey, Tilo. You know what I'm about to say? Are you about to call me beautiful? No, but welcome to the Big Fly Pod. Swung on a joke into right field. There it goes. See ya. First to the year. Oh. Drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to Back near the wall. It's out of here. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 58 of Big Fly Pod with your co-host, Vinny Damato, Kame, and Tilu. Boys, the reliever market has picked up. We saw names like Josh Hader, Robert Stevenson, Aroldis Chapman find their new homes for the 2024 season. We also saw some other free agents come off the board as well. The Hall of Fame inductees were announced here today. We'll get to those names here in a little bit. And finally, to wrap it up, we discuss the Miami Marlins and how they're looking for the 2024 season. Hey, May, how are we doing? Doing good to you, Lou. I'm ready to get into it. Ready to dive into some baseball news. Also ready for some Arizona sunshine. Um, for the follow- or listeners out there who don't know, I am visiting T. Lou this weekend down in Arizona. So very much looking forward to it. Get some warm weather um, in my skin. Uh, it's been a while. So, yeah, looking forward to it for sure. Um, Vinny, hold on, please. Uh, a high of 67 on Friday, a high of 71 on Saturday, and a high of 72 on Sunday. And that will be your weekly or weekend weather recap that'll play that'll definitely play let's talk about a guy who could play Vinny Damato how are you buddy you know you mentioned the Arizona sunshine and I don't know if anyone knows what the weather was like here in Illinois but driving home it was foggy and rainy and dark and it was like 4 35 o'clock so yeah I am jealous of you Kyle go soak up that sunshine I you know when you like you're in the middle of winter your body just feels drained like it's the sunshine, I'm telling you. So enjoy it. I'll be jealous of you. Uh, maybe we do a recording like you guys do a live show. I don't know. Maybe I'm there. Maybe I'm not. That would be pretty cool, though. You know, just maybe a no notes. You guys could be cool. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to dive into the Marlins and lots of good stuff with the relievers. And I didn't do too much research on the uh, I, I didn't see everyone for the Hall of Fame, but um, excited to look at that, too. Well, Vinny. You've joined the right podcast in order to find out who is in the Hall of Fame. But we'll get to that here in a little bit. Let's talk about a guy that probably is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Josh Hader, a 29, the 29-year-old Hader signs with Houston on a five-year, $95 million deal. The deal includes no deferrals once the contract expires. The reason why that is important is that it does make it the richest contract for a reliever in MLB history. Edwin Diaz had that top spot technically um until this deal which his deal with diaz includes deferrals that go beyond his five-year deal that was signed for 102 million those deferrals start in 2042 so josh Hader now is the richest man uh that's going to be manning the bump in the back end of that bullpen with the astros and man talking about one of the best back end of uh back ends of the bullpen in the MLB, that bullpen now includes Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley, and now the man Josh Hader. Uh, boys, we can get in all the numbers and all that, but I really want to do hear your initial thoughts on the deals. Vinny, we'll start with you, buddy. I mean, what a signing for Houston. Yeah, I, I wish it was anywhere else. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're already loaded everywhere, you know, all across the diamond and their their pitching staff as well and it'll be interesting to see how they use my first thought was okay is he going to be the new closer is presley going to keep closing are they just going to go back and forth it's not a bad question to ask if you're houston you know those are the those are the good questions or the good decisions that you have to make so yeah great signing by houston also love rooting for the guy i mean you know he, he had a rough 2022 i think right he was getting divorced at a time and maybe he was battling a couple injuries and i know his numbers took a dive so Really happy to see him back on the top of the market where, you know, he definitely belongs. Absolutely. K-May, this is, this is one of the best bullpens I've seen in a very long time. Talking strictly about what is going to be out there in the 7th, 8th, and ninth, 
I mean, have you seen anything like this in a very long time? No, I mean, Vinny said it best, um, you know, wish it was anywhere else, um, just based on, you know, as a baseball fan, uh, but you can't help but, you know, acknowledge how nasty the back end of that bullpen is going to be. I agree with Vinny. My initial reaction was, how is that going to work in that back end with Presley and Hayter? If I have my manager hat on, I'm not messing with Presley in the ninth. I'm leaving him there, leaving Hayter as a setup guy in the eighth. But that's just me personally. Like They might mismatch a little bit based on matchups. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they use that. Keep in mind, too, big signing for the Astros after losing Kendall Graben, too, for the season. Um, that news just came out a week or two ago. So that fills a hole for them in the bullpen as well. So good move for the Astros. I think with that news of Graben leaving uh, or missing the season, there was a little bit of a void there in the back end of that bullpen. So I think they fill that, and I think uh, it was a big area of need for them. So good on them for making the deal. Some reports are I've heard are saying that Presley has admitted to saying like I will go anywhere. Uh, I will I will go out into the game in any inning for the team. I just want to win. Um, I was listening to I think it's it's Trevor Plouffe. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, former big leaguer. He's now on. Um, I believe it's with uh, talking baseball. And he had mentioned that, you know, the people that he knows that know both those guys have said, all I want to do is win. Hater, though, last year had a situation where, you know, he has fully admitted that he doesn't want to pitch beyond, you know, before the ninth and he doesn't want to pitch more uh, than three outs. And situation last year where they were facing the Padres were facing the Giants and the Giants ran out of right-handed bats, and so they had to go to a left-handed bat off the bench in the eighth inning with two outs with the bases loaded. And Hader decided to say that I will not be going in there, um, and he believed that uh, you know afterwards. I can't remember the quotes per se, but it was around the aspect of um, you know we're not in the playoff race, are we? Even though they were kind of pushing for it at that point. So I think that was just a tough situation there, and I think when you sign a guy for ninety-five million dollars, I think. It's going to, you know, probably I think they agreed upon how things are going to go down there. Um, Looking at the numbers, guys like Brian Abreu, unbelievable year last year, a 1.75 ERA over 72 innings pitched, 100 strikeouts to 31 walks. Ryan Presley, a little bit of a down year compared to his other years where he was an all-star in uh, in 2021 and 2020, or sorry, in 2019. Um, last year, 3.58 ERA. He did have 31 saves, um, pitched in 65 innings, but people would probably say it wasn't his best year. I do want to give Hader his flowers, though, because over his seven-year career, he has 165 saves over 388 innings. He has a 2.50 career ERA with a 0.94 whip. He has a career 15K per nine ratio. I was looking up some names, guys like Mariano Rivera, but more more in the essence of you know higher strikeout guys. It's not even close to to what Hader has done. And we mentioned at the beginning, he's on a he's on a, 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 the path to the Hall of Fame. And I think that he was obviously probably looking for a place where he could solidify uh, solidify that. And I think this guy is. I mean, did I wish he was in a Cub uniform? And did I think that it was a right fit with Council now being at the helm? Yes, but if you're willing to give $95 million to a guy, you got you to gotta feel pretty good about what you're going to get there. I, gotta be, I don't know. You know, I, I didn't see that storyline that you mentioned about him not wanting to go out and throw more than three outs uh, and, and that specific one with the Giants and and the Padres, but... I don't know if I want that guy on my team, if that's the attitude, you know, like maybe that came into play. I don't know. Cause you know, with how well advert showed out last year for we're talking Cubs, you know, I would love to see both of them go back and forth and maybe it's a battle and maybe, you know, hater does take the ninth, but I want a guy on my team. That's going to be all about winning, not necessarily, you know, what he, and kudos to him. He knows what he's good at. He knows what he likes, but at the same time, yeah, I want a guy who's going to, going to go out there and compete. I mean, he's probably looking for, hey, I'm about to go into free agency. I don't want to screw anything up. And which, which, yeah, Vinny, that's fair. Completely agree. As a yeah. teammate, as a guy who, you know, if if I were to have him as my teammate, that is not the way that I would appro- want him to approach things. Yeah. Um. And as as dominant as he is, 
I don't think that extra out would have hurt him for his career because he's still going to go out there in the ninth anyways. He still gives that risk of an injury of some form. I think if anything, it too, it could raise his value, right? Now teams know they can use him anywhere. You know, if they sign him for five years, 95, and they can only use him in the ninth because that's the only time he's going to pitch. Like, I I don't know. I I get it. I do from both sides, but Kyle, you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, five ninety five is a bag. I, yeah. I, I think that's what I said in the group chat when when the news first broke. Um, so, you know, will the money be worth it? That's to be seen. I take the gamble from the Astros because I think he's got the nastiest stuff in the game. So, we'll see how it all plays out. Great flow, too. Yeah, great. Yeah. One of the best uh, haircuts in the game for sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. great tattoo sleeve as well. Yes, yep. great sleeve. Um, He's also been great in a lot of categories, boys. Since 2019, among all relievers, number two in war, number one in case per nine, number one in saves, number two in run expectancy, number one in situation wins, number two in batting average against, and number four in whip. So numbers back uh, speak for themselves. Um, Would I rather have Edwin Diaz or would I rather have Josh Hader? I I really don't know. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, you look at what's going on in Houston right now, it's insane. And boys, I do have a quick trivia question for you guys. Okay. Let's hear it. So in 2003, Houston had a similar situation in their bullpen that many believe was the best back end in baseball of, 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 of bullpens in baseball. Can you guys name all three? One was Brad Lidge. Can you repeat the question again? I, I think it cut out for a second. 2003, Houston had oh, a similar so situation. Okay. Yep. Best three guys. Oh, wow. Brad Lidge is a good one. I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. One of them is going to be very, very tough. Even though when you hear it, it's going to piss you off that you probably don't know it. But one of them was uh, is on the uh, Hall of Fame ballot. Robert yes, Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, who were you saying, Kyle? Is it this year's Hall of Fame ballot? Yes. Okay, let me think. David Robertson? No. No, no, no. You want me to give it to you? I I, I don't think I could guess this. So yeah, um, I could. So, yeah, go ahead. Brad Lidge, Billy Wagner. Wagner. And the third one, Octavio Dotel. Do you guys remember oh, that name? Gosh. Doesn't that kill you? Because it's just like, oh, like that is a name. But I didn't know he was in the league that early. I didn't know. I and honestly, man, it's crazy to think about this. But it's like, it feels like you know, Brad Lidge and Billy Wagner. They felt like they were a large gap in between each other. Then I just that was just the bad baseball mind in, in me. But Brad Lidge was uh, one of KMA's favorite pitchers. Uh, at oh, one point, yeah. yeah, he was. And you know who also he was is uh, Albert Pujols because Albert Pujols uh, about broke the stadium uh, on that home run that he hit in that stadium. That's uh, the one of the coolest home runs I've ever seen. Oh my god! I don't that was I don't think it's that yet. Was that peak Albert? Would it when he hit that home run? Was that peak or was that? I don't know. That was still a young Albert. I feel like he was still like on the way up almost. Insanity. His high school picture is hilarious. Yeah, it's a grown man. And then there's like conspiracy theory where it's like he uh, like supposedly like, you know, said he was this age and he wasn't. But yeah, I am 12, 100 percent situation. That's where they got it from. Yeah, Um, it's funny. It it does kind of look like it was a cool trivia question. I thought it was a cool. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think of it myself, but hey, that's besides the point. (laughs) Um, All right. Anything else there, boys, on Josh Hader? No. All right. Let's talk about it. Now, that has, of course, spiraled into other names now coming off the board, thankfully. Uh, Robert Stevenson uh, signed a three-year, $33 million deal with the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, A shocking deal across the market. Um, He's had a few up and down years, and people wondered why he was such a big name. And really, this past season is what got him probably this bag. Um, You know, this past season, he had a 3.10 ERA over 52 innings pitch with a 
0.79 whip. Um, a fantastic season. And now the bullpen is starting to kind of come together, if you want to call it that. Um, looking from top to bottom, starting in the closer role, uh, Carlo Estevez, Carlos Estevez, excuse me, with Robert Stevenson also being linked as a closer as well. Uh, Jose Soriano, Ben Joyce, the flamethrower out of Tennessee, Luis Garcia, Adam Simber, Jose Suarez, and then long reliever-wise looking at Zach Plesak. I just say this. The Angels are trying. And I kind of respect it. I if if I'm being I think this is more of a move of like we're gonna sign a guy who who has a high ceiling, we're gonna let him save, and then they're gonna flip him at the deadline. I mean, that's that's yep. my thought. Why I mean, because I don't think that they're competing. I don't think that they're gonna compete in that West division. I mean, Houston and Seattle and Texas, like I just don't see it. So that's that's why I thought they made the signing. I would agree with that too. Um, you know, they're going to need a whole lot of innings out of that bullpen based on what that starting rotation looks like too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I agree then, you know, more of a flip deal. Um, let them cook during, you know, from yeah. April to Give June or July and then see what you can get from them. I mean, deadline. good move for them. Good. Yeah. Move, you know, yeah. Maybe they can get something, something valuable back and maybe they package him with, with somebody else or, might sell some cases. Might, might help sell some tickets at the beginning of the year too. You know, get a big name in there. Yeah. So. My question of that then is: is why would you sign him to a three-year deal? It's a good question. I guess I don't. I don't know. Maybe because they're... if you're trying to flip a guy, it's more like a guy we're going to talk about hereafter, which is a role this Chapman who's on a one-year deal, or a guy who's on a one-year club, one-year player. You know, I, I I don't I don't see how they look to trade him if he's on a three year deal, especially if he's, I mean, eleven million a year for a reliever is pretty extensive. I mean, maybe it's just another. You know, they go out and he cooks, and then hey, look at you, look at how great this contract is. Take on Anthony Rendon's too, and you you know, in a trade, <laughs> right? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good point, Tyler. I I, I don't know, I, but. I just I don't see how they're competing. I don't. I'm sorry, Mike Trout. So I do want to see. Okay, really funny that you mentioned that because Anthony Rondon's contract ends the same year as Stevenson. So Vinny, you're on to something, buddy. So if somebody wants to take on uh, a total of forty nine million dollars for a guy who does not want to play baseball and a reliever who might be a four ERA, by all means, do it. By all means. I don't know, man. I mean, I it almost feels like a move where like the agent was asking him where he wants to live, and he's like, California. And he's like, Well, the Dodgers, they don't have the funds to necessarily pay you a long-term deal. They can do one year. He's probably like, No, even though I would have. He doesn't want to play in Oakland. San Francisco, um, according to CM sucks. Um, I don't think that way. If my buddy Tommy's listening to this, I do not think San Francisco sucks. Wonderful town. So that leads you to the LA Angels. And hey, man, let's be honest, boys. Like, if I'm looking at this from his standpoint, he's like, I get three years. I get to, uh, you know, they can trade me if they want to, but I'm probably going to get traded to a top-end team if I do get traded, whatever, in any of those years. So you boys make a good point there. And uh, I get to live in LA. It's not a bad lifestyle. It's not. And you can be the yeah. closer or, or, you know, uh, the holds guy or in the eighth or, you know, in the seventh or eighth. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Wish he was a cub. I really do. I really, really do wish she yeah, was a cub. Especially for that price. I feel like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I feel like we kind of touched on this earlier too. I feel like relievers are just so hot and cold, no matter what reliever we're talking about. So you can go one way in a positive way or one way in a negative way too. So mm-hmm. you never really know until it plays out during the season, kind of what type of year that specific reliever is going to have. They're so volatile, man. Yeah. So volatile. I mean, like he had, you know, last year he had the 3.10 ERA, but the year before that he was upwards of six. And then the year before right. that he was at three. And then the year before that he was at nine. It's yeah. So hot and cold. I mean, if you saw the Ron Washington interview on, um, on foul territory, 
Uh, it's the podcast that uh, AJ Pradzinski does. Came okay. okay. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's it's just it's just these guys ask the most cutthroat questions. Uh, they had Aaron Boone on the other day. It was an awesome interview. Go check that out. Um, if uh, for fellas, I recommend it. But um, they had Ron Washington on, and it was. I mean, I I would play for that guy in a heartbeat. The way he was talking about the team and what you know what they're going to do and everything, almost felt like a football coach. So, you know what? This could just be a move where the guy was like, "Hey, I'm getting a lot of money from this team. It's going to be a great place to live. I get an awesome manager, and I get to play with Mike Trout." Who knows? Who really knows? And Chicago's, you know, even though even though Wrigley's pretty fun to play at in summertime, but hey, that's besides the point. Let's talk about a guy who actually did play for the Cubs at one point. Um, KMA, if you remember, he was part of the World Series team in 2016. Aroldis Chapman is heading to the Pittsburgh Pirates. He signed in a one-year deal uh, for $10.5 million. Likely is going to jump into that eighth-inning role behind David Bednar. Um, Stats-wise, he's had uh, one of the wildest careers when it comes to being a reliever. Um, he's jumped from Cincinnati to Chicago to New York. Uh, to Texas. Um, I mean, it's it's been a pretty wild ride. Kansas City last year as well, but he ends up with the Pirates. I think we all could agree that this is a sign trade for prospects later deal. Um, but this just speaks to where the market is now with relievers and how much money these guys are getting. Um, look, the Pirates are sneaky. They're a sneaky little team. They're not the Reds. They're not the Cardinals. Um, I wouldn't even put them up, you know, not even the Brewers at this point. They're a fun little team that is young and on the come up. They've had some unfortunate injuries. Um, you know, O'Neill Cruz last year, uh, Andy Rodriguez just recently. So hopefully, you know, with hopefully this year, they can kind of turn things around a little bit as a Cub fan. I hope they don't, but we'll see. What are your thoughts on the deals, boys? Yeah, I think you said it correctly. I mean, we talked about this with Stevenson a little bit too, but I think this is a clear sign and flip of the deadline. Um, you know, hoping that he wipes it up from April to June and then, you know, see what we can get from at the deadline. You know, I don't think any of us are expecting the Pirates to be competing in the middle of the summer. So we'll see. We might all be wrong. You know, we're no experts, but, uh, you know, that's the way it looks certainly on paper. I'm gonna I'm gonna play some devil's advocate because someone asked me. Uh, my dad texted me and and said the same thing. Um, I here's the thing. I think the NL Central is wide open. I don't think there's any team that's clear cut. You know, this is a runaway team or even like a top half. I don't even think there's a top half and a bottom half like there are in other divisions. Like the Pirates last year finished seven games behind the Cubs, and they didn't have O'Neill Cruz, their best player, one of the best players in the league. I I just I don't think they're that far away. I really don't. And you're right that Chapman, one year deal, absolutely could flip them at the deadline. But if they're in a position where they're like, hey man, we could really run with this for this year. We're gonna just see where it goes. Maybe they they turn out to be buyers at the deadline. Who knows? Like I I just you know it makes sense. Like, you know, like we just talked about with Robert Stevenson, this does feel like a, a flip deal but at the same time with how wide open that central is i just if i'm a pirates fan i i would be a little annoyed if this was their their thought process so i i, I think they should go for it i really do so well, vin, vin let me ask you a question do you think yeah. do you think the signing of chapman really closes that seven game gap that much and getting Cruz back i guess you said too Yes, I think it's the crew. I think getting Cruz back, signing Chapman, and like I you know, one more addition or something like that. I think they need to add to their their rotation. If they let, let me let me put it this way: if they sign Jordan Montgomery or they sign Blake Snell, are you considering them as one of the best teams? Because I absolutely am at that of point. Co- of course, but I, I don't I don't see them spending that money on a top end starter. You're you know? right, I but I don't know. Who maybe it's time, right? Sure. I, Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything knows. about that. Yeah. I guess my point is all I'm trying to say is based on what they've done this offseason so far and based on the season they had last year, I don't see them closing the gap that significantly in the central. I see them being like very mediocre again based on what they have right now at this very moment. That's all I'm trying so, to say. Yeah, yeah. So, so team rankings wise last year, ERA 19th with 19th. I mean, they're pretty much in the bottom uh, of the, uh, you know, close to 20, 20 overall. 
in most of the rankings when it came to relief pitching and starting pitching wise, they were, it was pretty ugly. They were, you know, bottom, bottom five, basically across the league. I will say this, that O'Neill Cruz does add an element to their team that they were missing last year. Right. So lineup wise, O'Neill Cruz, Reynolds, Brian Hayes, Andrew McCutcheon, Jake Sawinski, unbelievable player, Henry Davis, Rowdy Telez, who they added, uh, Paguero at second base, and then Palacios in right field. I think they still need a few more moves, but I'm fascinated to see with their rotation is, you know, can Martin Perez kind of have a decent year? Can Marco Gonzalez kind of turn it around? You know, you know what you're going to get from Mitch Keller. He's going to be a stud. You know, does Skeens make his debut this year? You know, um, we'll see. Valid points from both sides, though, boys, because I think this is a team that is going to be in a running for a wild card spot. Maybe this year, I think more next year. But again, we've seen weirder things happen. And if if we were to do standing predictions today, they might, you know, if, if I were to predict the NL Central, they, they could, you know, I'd have to do a little bit deeper dive, but they could be last, you know, and that they're, it's just, it's so close to me, the entire division. Like, it just doesn't feel like a runaway for anyone. And so that was just kind of the point I was making is just watch out for him. It's a fair point. And, you know, uh, on that point, too, I mean, at this time last year, nobody was talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks, you know, and yeah. look look what they did. So it could, could be one of those sneaky teams who surprises people for sure. And I think weren't the Pirates last year, didn't they start off as one of the hottest teams in baseball? Like the first month or two? Yeah. In like April it, and May. Yeah, they April were, and May, they were very good. I don't. I mean, you were kind of sitting but... there and you're like, they're going to run out of gas. But, yeah. hey, you catch fire at the right time, which it probably wasn't the right time for them. Well, you catch it at the right time, good things can happen. Especially when you're a young squad, man. Those guys don't know really what they're experiencing, uh, experiencing, and they and they're just and they're just rolling through it, you know. Um, yeah. An arm that I thought that they may look at actually is funny enough is James Paxson. He just signed mm-hmm. to the Dodgers in a one-year, eleven million dollar deal. Easily, easily could have made that. Now, problem is though is that you have um, Perez. And Gonzalez already, so you already have two lefties in the rotation, so that would have been tough. But the Dodgers add to their depth, and then Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is a is a national. He signed with them today on a one year, five million dollar deal. Any notes there, boys, at all, or anything to add there before we move on? Well, I, I think Vinny, we can agree on this one. I don't think the Nationals are going very far this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. very very much like a one-year deal maybe flip at the deadline if he does good but you know as we know he strikes out a ton so yeah yeah and the james paxton just the dodgers adding to their already super deep rotation you know not much more to say there dodgers are sort of doing what everyone said was going to be their concern which is depth and that's all they've done i it's almost like they're listening it's it's like they're listening to the Big Fly Pod. Um, I need an NLCS against the Braves and Dodgers, and I am I am being a biased Cub fan too right now too. Like I, as a as a human being, I need an NLCS between these guys. I can't see a five game series. I need a seven game series between the Dodgers and Braves. It's very likely that if it doesn't even if if it doesn't happen this year, you got. Five, six years at least of a window for that to happen. Yeah, true. Who doesn't want to see Shohei v. Acuna? Like, ugh. And I'm, we won't get that this year, but. Right. Who's to say Shohei Otani somehow, some way isn't available for a little one inning appearance in the playoffs? Could definitely see that happening. Hell, he did when... it against Team USA. So. When did he get a surgery? Was it July? I know it's like, it, and also too, they're probably not even going to risk it. I, I wouldn't. No, no. Well, if you're chasing a ring, I might. Sign a guy at that point or trade for a guy. I suppose you're right. Otani's a future Hall of Famer, right, boys? At this point, yes, if he continues yeah. in his trajectory. I, I think if he were to retire tomorrow, 
he he could still sneak in. He's just he's changed the game to the point where it's just it's almost like pre Otani post Otani era. It feels like. Let's talk yeah. about some fellas that got into the hall, boys. Huh? Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Todd Helton will be inducted into Cooperstown on July 21st of this year. They were uh, all the videos and all the accolades and all these things were posted as, uh, you know, they were officially announced of, of going into the hall. Adrian Belche on his first year on the ballot uh, got in with a 95% vote. Todd Helton in his sixth year on the ballot got in. I know our boy CM was fired up about that one. I think we all could agree. Uh, it was pretty cool to see him get in the hall at 79%. And then Joe Maurer, the hometown kid of Minneapolis, um, uh, of Minnesota, excuse me, gets in on his first year on the ballot at 76%. Billy Wagner, which in his ninth year, just misses at 73.8%. I'd be kind of shocked if he doesn't get in next year. Gary Sheffield, though, on his last year on the ballot, did not get in uh, at 63, had 63% of the votes, more uh, around 64. Andrew Jones, Carlos Beltran, A-Rod, Manny Ramirez, Chase Utley are other names as well. Boys, kind of want to give a breakdown of each guy's uh, careers and how they played out from a stats perspective and their accolades. Uh, but boys, just like we gave haters flowers earlier, I think we're giving a whole bouquet here for these guys. Incredible careers. Came I'll let you start if you wanted to mention anything about any of those names. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, I think Beltre was one of the best players of our time. Um, he was a wizard at third base and, you know, just a massive career offensively too. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he had over 3,000 hits, over 400 home runs, um, hit for power, hit for average. Just an all-around, like, solid player. Didn't have really a hole in his game. Um, so definitely deserved to be the first ballot. As far as Joe Maurer goes, I think he definitely kind of changed the perspective of the catching position, right? Like, he played close to 162 almost every single year um, that he was in the league. And that's hard to do as a catcher. Very, very hard to do. Um you know, hit for hit for average every single year, hit over 300, hit for power too. a couple MVP seasons in there or is it runner up at least um, a couple of those years. So great careers by both those guys. And you mentioned Todd Helton, too. Happy for him. Happy for the Rockies. You don't really see a lot of Rockies get in um, just based on their history. So happy for him. I think he deserved it. Um, so, yeah, kudos to all those guys, like you said. But, yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree with you more, Kyle. Um Joe Maurer was one of my favorite guys growing up. I mean, him and it felt like him and Buster Posey were were the two kind of like catchers of our generation that, and even Yachty, you can throw Yachty into that conversation too. Like we won't, they just, we won't, but we won't not yet, but it just felt like, you know, they were on a different level, you know, Joe Maurer, especially there's just on a different level than everyone else. And um, as far as Adrian Beltre, him and, uh, him and Elvis Andrews, I think, make up my favorite left side of the infield of all time. If you've ever seen their videos together, they're just Elvis Andrews is such a funny guy with uh, Beltre. And so they are a hoot. Who says that? Hoot? Do people say that anymore? <laughs> I don't know. But go watch some Adrian Beltre. I'm going to bring it back. Hoot. Um, go watch Adrian Beltre versus uh, Elvis Andrews. And I will say, I mean, Todd Helton, kudos to you too. I am upset about Gary Sheffield not making it in. It's just that stings. I don't know how. I don't know how you don't throw him in there. I mean, he had what five hundred home runs in his career and two hundred fifty stolen bases, and never. This was the fact that I thought was incredible. He never struck out more than ninety times in a season. Like, and he played for twenty years, nineteen eighty eight to two thousand nine. Like, that's that's unbelievable. And mm -hmm. just, I think that's probably the saddest miss. Let's. From I'm just gonna run through just some, you know. Just some uh, stats on each of the guys, fellas. Uh, Beltre, Dominican-born, Gold Glove third baseman, 21-year career, compiled 3,166 career hits, 477 homers, whew, five Gold Gloves, and four Silver Slugger awards. Nolan Ryan and Pudge Rodriguez uh, are the only other Rangers to get in on the first ballot. Um, we talked about them. Kame, you said it best when we talk about a guy, durability. Joe Maurer was that kid uh, or that guy, but he was the hometown kid. He collected uh, 2,123 hits 
in 1,858 games with the Twins, where he slashed a career 306, 388, 439 slash line and walked nearly as many times as he struck out. And when you said it came in where he kind of changed that catcher position and the way that it was looked at from an offensive standpoint, um, his accolades include an AL MVP in 2009, three gold gloves, six all-star games, and three AL batting titles. I mean, just incredible work. And finally, a man that um, I grew to sort of love in a sense growing up based on his swing and based on what he could do at Coors Field. Todd Helton had a 17-year career in Colorado where he played 2,247 games, excuse me, racked up 2,519 hits, 359 home runs, 592 doubles, 1,332 walks, 1,406 RBIs, 1,401 runs, and a 61.8 war. All of these are, of course, Rockies franchise records. He's the first player in MLB history to have 35 or more doubles 10 years in a row. Also, too, his accolades speak for themselves, uh, speaks for themselves, excuse me, was named an all-star five consecutive seasons from 2000 to 2004, while also uh, bringing in four Silver Slugger awards, three gold gloves, a batting title, um, and getting NL MVP votes, it felt like, every single year. So long-winded uh, line there of numbers, but I think when it comes to you are inducted into Cooperstown, uh, you deserve to get your numbers read. So congratulations to those guys. An unbelievable career to all of them. And I'm looking forward to my favorite part of the year uh, when it comes to baseball, uh, especially during the dog days of summer. And, and I know those games can be tough to watch sometimes, but those Cooperstown speeches, those Hall of Fame speeches, they always hit you right in the heart. So excited to see those. Well, boys, let's continue on with our series of talking about teams and how they're looking for the upcoming season. We move on to the Miami Marlins. Uh, we're going to be talking about their 2024 outlook. Um, really an interesting ball club, boys. They finished the season last year with an 84 and 78 record and made the playoffs with the second wild card spot. Um, Schumacher, or uh, yeah, Skip Schumacher, I mean, just an incredible job at the helm, uh, being able to take a team where. Um, you know, we saw some names that really, really struggled and, and saw a lot of IR visits and, and unfortunately now losing uh, Sandy Alcantara for the uh, for the duration of the 2024 season is really going to kill them. But, boys, this team, it's almost they're kind of giving me Brewers vibes a little bit. OK, lineup wise, Arias at the top over at second base, a guy who's possibly going to shoot for 400 again this year. Uh, batting average, Josh Bell over at first base, who picked up his player option, Jazz Chisholm Jr. in center field, hopefully stays healthy. Uh, Jake Berger, who was a wonderful pickup at the trade deadline yet last year from KMA's White Sox over at third base. Brian De La Cruz over in left, Jesus Sanchez over in right, uh, Avisil Garcia, uh, at the designated hitter spot, John Birdie, uh, it, an underrated player over at shortstop, and then Nick Fortes manning the backstop. Along with him will be Christian Bethencourt, uh, who's uh, purchased from Cleveland. Uh, Vital Bruhan, Xavier Edwards, who's a very intriguing prospect, and Peyton Burdick. So let's talk first about lineup, okay, before we get to the rotation. Vinny, this team kind of screams you. It's a team that doesn't have many big names, but a lot of underrated players and a lot of players that have high value that a lot of teams would love to have, but they're in an interesting spot because rumors are swirling that some players are looking to be potentially traded um, because they're going to be going into arbitration. I guess they have, I think they have like the most players going to arbitration. And when it comes to the Marlins, they're not looking to spend a lot of cash. We saw that with all the major trades they've made over the last couple of years. So Vinny, I've talked a lot here. I want to turn it over to you, buddy. What do you think of that lineup and that uh and that bench as well? Yeah, they're they're kind of an odd built team, right? They have they have extremes, right? Luis Arias, the best batting average guy in the league, bar none, right? Jake Berger, one of the biggest power hitters in the game, bar none. Like he hits he hits the 
piss out of the ball. He hits it so hard, it's unbelievable, right? Um, Jazz Chisholm Jr., one of the greatest players, if he can stay healthy. Like, they're just, they're very extreme. John Birdie, he, he is a speed, pretty much speed-only guy. I mean, he, he has some other value, too, but that's his main calling card is speed. Vidal Bruhan is speed. Xavier Edwards, speed. So, it's just, they don't really have many guys that kind of encompass everything, and the guys that they do aren't high level guys so it's 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 just kind of a weird makeup right they they have some guys who can do one thing really well but that's kind of it and i think their hope is to just kind of if they mash them all together they can create a super team or you know like a team that kind of does everything so um their pitching though is is phenomenal and this is the one thing that i love about this marlins organization is they know what they're good at right and so they took a card it seems like from the braves if you guys have been following the drafts that have happened over the last few years, the Braves and the Marlins constantly take pitchers. And the reason for that, I think, was it six out of the first nine picks were pitchers this past year, which is pretty unprecedented, or not unprecedented, it's just rare, right? And the reason that they do that is because they know how to develop pitching. And so they're going to develop and do what they know. And then when it comes time when, hey, we have a surplus of arms, we need a second baseman. They're going to shop around one of their arms for a second baseman. So good strategy. I, I like it. It hasn't really paid off for them. Um, but overall, their lineup, I mean, they they have potential. They they absolutely do. I think they, you know, obviously they made the playoffs last year. So uh, they're right there. If they can get a full year out of Jazz, they're going to be right back in the playoffs. K-May, sticking with the lineup here, man. I mean, you saw Jake Berger, you know, for your team. I mean, a guy that. A lot of people say saved their season in Miami when he got traded over. Your thoughts on this lineup? Again, we'll get to the rotation here in a little bit because oh, that's going to be jump a the gun. No, 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 not at all. Actually, you you mentioned something that uh, you can edit me out. Go ahead. Oh, we've done that. Um, but <laughs> go ahead, Kame. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a good lineup. They have some like like Vinny said. They have guys in there who do things really well. Um. I think there's some holes, however. Um, I'm looking at that DA spot specifically. Avi Garcia had an atrocious season last year. Um, you know, you talk about the subtraction now of Jorge Soler. There's a big hole there, uh, missing some power there. I don't think Avi Garcia can do that. I don't think he can kind of man that position um, on his own. Uh, maybe he has a bounce back year. I'm rooting for him, former White Sox, you know, so hopefully he bounces back and has a good season. But based on what he showed last year, you can't really count on him to have massive production as um, Jorge Soler did last year. Uh, but you have Chisholm who could run and it's empowered too. We talked about Jake Berger, you know, hits the ball well. Same with Arias, the contact king. So there's pieces there. There's just holes, I feel like. So if they can somehow figure out to fill those holes, whether it's trading from that rotation, they've been rumored to be shopping some of their starting pitchers right now. Um, if they can find other ways to kind of fill the needs that they have in that lineup, I think it's formidable. And I think you can, you know, watch them to battle for a wild card spot again, as they did last year. And I, and I agree with what you guys are saying. And I, and I think that this team is going to come down to the starting rotation. And that may even look different before the uh, start of the season, according to the rumors across the league. Let's look at the rotation, boys. Jesus Lazardo, Yuri Perez, Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers. Bullpen-wise, right now, the closer is slated to be Tanner Scott with the rest of the bullpen as follows. Andrew Nardi, AJ Puck, who, man, if he can figure it out, unbelievable arm. JT Chargois, I believe is how you pronounce that. Anthony Bender, Stephen Okert, George Soriano, and Sixto Sanchez, man. Can't believe this guy's still in the league. And unfortunately, as we mentioned at the beginning, Sandy Alcantara likely out for the entirety of the season. Vinny, this rotation is going to get this team to the playoffs. But unfortunately, who knows if they're all together even by the beginning of the season. Tyler, you didn't did you even mention Yuri Perez in their I rotation? Did. Did you, oh, I, I must have I, I think I've been cutting out a little bit. So okay, I must have missed that. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm like, not good at this stuff. So Oh, no, no, that's it's it's me, my hearing. I'm old. Anyways, um, yeah, this and I, I'd have to double check some of the other rotations top to bottom, though. This is 
probably one of the top five rotations in baseball, if not like top three. I mean, they are just not only are they great in the top end, and this is without Sandy Alcantara, mind you, they're still one of the top five because Yuri and Luzardo are bona fide aces, in my opinion. Um, Braxton Garrett, only going to get better this year. Edward Cabrera fixed some walk issues, which we've been saying for a while for him, but he is still a great, you know, if he's your four or five, like you're, you're doing fine. So um, they even have some young guys. Max Meyer might see some time up this year and like, they're just, they're absolutely loaded. I, I think if they were to trade, I, I don't know if they would trade any of those dudes. It, it'd probably be an arm from their system or something um, because as we've seen, and the same reason why the Dodgers are adding right now, depth can be tested in a moment's notice. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't trade any of those those five six guys for the rotation. I would I would trade from their system. But yeah, yeah, it's a great great rotation. Yeah, I I can't I agree with you, Vin. I mean, one of the best rotations from top to bottom for sure. I am going to push back on what you're saying with keeping the five guys in the rotation that they have. I can definitely see them trading one of those five guys, specifically the ones at the bottom, you know, maybe a Jackson Barrett, they move, maybe a Cabrera, they move. Um, I could see them moving one of those pieces to kind of get the return back what we're looking for, perhaps a DH or a catcher coming back. Catcher is kind of one of their weak, weak points that I talked about in that lineup. Um, you know, I, I could see them trading for that area of need just because you mentioned – you mentioned Max Meyer, who has a lot of promise coming up. Miss all last year with injury, but he has some promise there. Who could fill that hole in the rotation too. They have depth there. They don't just have you know guys in the big leagues who are shoving. They also have some guys in the minor leagues that could easily plug those holes as well. So, who knows? We're not GMs, but I I could see them pulling the trigger on one of those guys in the starting rotation currently to fill those holes in the in the starting lineup. Vinny, you mentioned it earlier. We talked about the uh, the the Marlins really being a, a pitching factory. I mean, for for quite a few years at this point, um, you know, these this doesn't happen by accident where they're at right now. And I look at the rotation and I say, okay, Lazardo stud, Yuri Perez stud. I wish they would lengthen them out a little bit more, but I understand that you know. With being 20 years old, they're going to be cautious. Braxton Garrett, one of the most underrated arms in all of baseball last year. Edward Cabrera, a four or five, I would Good, say. A, a great and most teams, he's probably a three, three or four. And a and a guy that could hell could be a two if he figured it out yeah. is Trevor Rogers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I look at this and I say, why not run with it? Why do we have to? You know, why why do we talk about trades and everything? I get it because from the business sense where they're trying to limit costs and everything, which is just sad. Um, they should have left up the 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 sculpture in center field and let that thing just bring in all the fans because it was the most beautiful thing in baseball. It really was. It was the ugliest thing, but it was the most beautiful thing at the same time. Um, so this I'm fascinated to see. I really, really want to see this rotation go because this is a lot of fun. Um, Prospects-wise, Vinny, I know you're very excited about some of these, uh, some of these guys, right? Uh, right away, looking at it, your top three are Noble Meyer, who was just drafted this past season, uh, who looks like he should be in middle school, but he throws 100 miles per hour. Thomas White. A very, very intriguing arm, left-hander, 19 years old. And then Max Meyer, who we just mentioned earlier, out of the University of Minnesota, who came a mention it, had an injury, but an arm that should be very solid. And I saw Jacob Berry uh, in the AFL this past season, just a professional player uh, that played at LSU um, the year before they uh, went on to win the World uh, College World Series. Uh, Vinny, I'll turn it over to you, buddy. Who are you excited about? And maybe some underrated names that we don't know about as well. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like, okay, yes, the arms. Noble Mayer, Noble Meyer is uh he's one of the best in minor league baseball right now. And you know, he's a, he's got the potential for high end SP2 stuff. The guy looks legit. Thomas White, same thing, maybe a little bit less, but still an SP2 caliber kind of guy. Um 
if if you look at some of their hitters though and this is where it's kind of like you know we go back to the pitching factory jacob barry if you remember jacob barry when he was coming out of lsu he was supposed to be like the savior of this organization you know he was really hyped up and they i don't know if it's that the the system or just him in general but he has not panned out at all for them since i think they drafted him in 2022 um so as far as bats go they're pretty low. Most of their guys are arms. So Kyle, maybe, you know, going back to what you said, maybe you are right. Maybe they do trade an arm in the rotation because they have, you know, I mean, Noble Myers still probably a couple years away. Um, but Max Myers right there. We could see Tom. I mean, Thomas White's still pretty far away too. But um, as far as bats go, Xavier um, Edwards is probably, I, I think he's technically still a prospect, but um He's probably the one that I'm most excited about, uh, especially one that you'll see this year. He feels like a, a bet to steal probably 25 bases. He's a high contact guy. He's not going to hit for a ton of power. I think his, where is it? I have it. He has an average of 85 mile per hour exit velocity. So that's not very good. Like that's 20 grade power, which is just atrocious when it comes to power. So, you know, another guy who on their team just kind of does one thing really well, but getting back to, I mean, they have some intrigue and again, it's mostly on the arm side of it. Look out for noble Meyer. Look out for max Meyer. I just realized Meyer Meyer. I, how did I not realize that they have two guys at the top of their system? Meyer Meyer. That's funny. Um, they think yeah, I mean, way in the two spot to help us out basically. Well, I have, well, I guess, yeah, Thomas Wade in the two. Yeah. Okay. Separate a little bit, mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah, that's how that's how I view their system. It's it's okay. A lot of arms, one bat really that I'm looking for. Xavier eyes, uh, Xavier Edwards. That's about it. He's actually not on their prospect list anymore, um, but I think he was pretty recently. But yeah, I don't know where their threshold about. is. He's only got 78 MLB at bat. Like, where's their threshold? I don't know. So maybe if... maybe it can't be an age thing because on here is Jacob Amaya and he's 25 years old. Which he, which is mind blowing. A number five prospect, twenty five years old, pretty crazy. Kame, anybody kind of stand out to you? I mean, these top arms are are are. I mean, they're, they're the legit. top of the class. Yeah. But mm -hmm. uh, other than that, I mean, are you finding anything else? Yeah, you know, I I'll be quite honest with you guys. I don't know a ton about their farm system. I just I agree with you guys talking about how Miami being a pitching factory. To me, I just have this quick comment. This is one of like the most fascinating things to me in baseball, how some systems are really good at doing one thing specifically, but not other things specifically. Like the Marlins are great at developing arms. We know the Dodgers are too. But like my White Sox are terrible at developing arms. So it's like, what are teams doing differently to develop certain players based on their training or what, what they're doing in the minor leagues? I think it's just fascinating to me across the league how there's teams who do some things well and other things not so well with their minor league system. I would say the White Sox too really struggle to keep players healthy. Like that's, you know, we've seen Eloy, we've seen Mankata, we've seen, you know, Luis Robert, even TAs had some time. Like, I mean, he was pretty consistent, but yeah, you're right. That's, that is an interesting thing to look at is like, what are teams good at and right. how do they play into their strengths and try to combat their weaknesses? Yeah. Fun conversation. That's all I got on the Marlins boys. Anything else? A tough team to talk about. It's not. I mean, what I mean, like if we were to think of a free agent, you don't need anything in the rotation. You might want to add another bullpen arm. Is the only thing that I'm thinking of from that sense. Uh, shortstop. The, shortstop. They yeah, do need a shortstop. Up. You could go with Amaya, but that is not necessarily thing. Uh, somebody that they're looking at um and they they possibly could um man okay i know i mentioned his name before and i just keep putting him as a fit to every single team but tim anderson would just be i don't know why in a miami marlins uniform would be the most beautiful thing i've ever seen reunited with burger oh yeah is um is Rosario sneaky also, uh... sneaky bat this year man he is he is sneaky uh, sure. Yeah, I mean that's a good buy low. You know, sign him for a year or two. I I I think yeah. there's going to be things that turn around because TA, if I'm not mistaken, there was a lot of things going on in his personal life. Yeah, 
Yeah, that were that that you know, I kind of low key feel good about the guy. I think have those things been resolved? Does anybody know? I have no idea to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. it's like some cheating stuff or whatever, right, KMA? Yeah, it didn't look great for him publicly based on what was oh. reported. Oh yeah, yeah. Kyle, did it did it hurt you to watch Jake Berger go and? I mean, because he was, wasn't he? I believe he was a first round draft pick, no, or something. He was highly drafted. He was, highly yeah. sought after. I was sad to see him go because he was such an easy guy to root for. Um, so people don't know his story. When he was in the minor leagues, he tore his Achilles not once, but twice. And he came all the way back. Just make, simply making it to the major leagues is a huge accomplishment. But he raked once he got to the big leagues. So a lot of guys in Chicago liked him, rooted for him. You know, he's an easy guy to get behind. Great guy in interviews to listen to if you ever get a chance to listen to any of his uh, pressers or anything like that. Just an all-around good guy for baseball. So from that aspect, yes, I was sad to see him go for sure. And I'm also just looking around at the team again. Something else I thought of. What the hell are they thinking? Why is Jazz Chisholm in center field? I don't get it. I I, I still don't really understand that. I mean – they brought him over, and then they put Arias over at second base. But they could have put Arias at first base and put Jazz at second base, which then opened up, you know, for. Uh, I think Taylor Cruz field. or Sanchez was his Sanchez, maybe, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't. Jesus make, Sanchez I mean, had a great year. Yeah, and I agree. Last year, Kyle, I remember you mentioned, you know, Jorge Soler mm-hmm. leaves a little bit of a hole in right field, and he absolutely does. Jesus Sanchez doesn't fill that, but. I think Sanchez could have some sneaky value this year. Yeah, the I, Jazz thing was just weird, man. That was just like Arias played first base in Minnesota. Like, why not just put him over there? It that made no sense to me. Yeah, watch out for them to sign a guy like TA or yeah, like I said, Ahmed Rosario. Mm-hmm. Could see it. Could really see it. I, I just Vinny, do you know much about Jacob Amaya? Not really. No. I mean I, I assume John Birdie will probably get the majority of reps. I know that Fangraphs has him a second, but I would think he probably gets more time than Birdie does, or um, Birdie gets more time than Amaya, but I, I don't know. He had the only problem with Amaya, so he had a 752 OPS in AAA last year, but his biggest issue are strikeouts. He had 106 strikeouts to 70 walks. I mean, in his last two seasons in AAA, he's posted a WRC plus of less than a hundred. So like, he brings zero value with the bat. Yeah, like absolutely yeah. none. Yeah, and I want to see. Yeah. Let me let me check. Uh, birdies. What does Birdie have? Because he's been in the league long enough, and you know, speed. Yeah, speed kills. Yeah, solid four hundred one K plus of one hundred three last year. WRC plus of for uh for John Birdie. So I would think he's like above like a two war player, right? Like he's yeah, generally he above two last war. Year, I just heard that on a podcast the other day, but I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, he's, heard... he's a, he's a guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. If I cut you off. No, I mean, it's like, it's a team that man, like we saw what baseball can be like in Miami during the WBC. And that's different because those are countries coming in for it. But the Latin American culture, as we all know it, literally thrives on the game of baseball. And, like, you have such an opportunity there to take it to places that haven't been, that people haven't been able to take it to before. They gave Stanton that massive deal. They gave, you know, they traded away Christian Yelich, like, some of these things, man, you just sit there. I know they have different management now. They even have new management even after uh, not just Jeter left, but the uh, what was her name from last year? Kim. Uh, uh, and, Kim and I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I forgot how to pronounce her last name. But like even now they have new leadership. So it's just like, oh, man, it's just tough to watch because, man, that place was – that WBC crowd there, I mean, no wonder they have the WBC in Miami, boys, right? Like, come on. Like they know this, what they can bring in. This was an interesting thing too that I, I knew it was kind of rare, but I didn't realize it was this rare. So between 1957 and 2022, I, I want you guys to guess how many players have played in the major leagues that are from the Bahamas. Are you looking for a percentage or a number? Number. 
Well, I know one. But uh, 1957 to 2022. Huh? From 1957 to 2022. I didn't. St- I didn't study this one. Um, no, no, and most people don't. I'm gonna say. A hundred? I'm gonna say less than ten. Eight. That's it. There have been eight players from the Bahamas, hmm. and the only active one is Jazz Chisholm Jr. Really? Isn't that wild? Interesting. That is wild. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't. Well, is Lucius Lucius Fox? Maybe he is. Oh, he's a free agent, so he is. I don't count him, but yeah, Jazz Chisholm. Root for him. <laughs> I mean, he, he could still, you know, he maybe he'll get signed. I don't know. And then look out for Sebastian Walcott. He's the next Bahama-born player who will probably make it. And Walcott is out of? He is in the Texas organization right now. Organization. Oh, that's the kid that you and I were talking about. Yeah, he's a he's, guy's a stud. Guy's yeah. an ab- absolute stud. So, Bahamas. Fun fact. Now you know. The more you know. Rainbow. We got a little dude. We had some trivia questions in this one. I mean, I like the trivia. I think it's fun. It's a maybe big we going to the moon. Maybe we do a, a what's um, immaculate grid off 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 the record. Those are so hard, man. For a while, They're so hard. Those I think so we difficult. could do it. I do. I think CM would just hop on here. Took seven shows off and absolutely dominate us. So I, I feel like I CM would be good. Yeah, CM would yeah. be good at those. I feel like yeah, very very good at them. Very good, Adam. Well, Anthony Rendon is a POS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I don't know. Can I just say something really quick? No. I bash the absolute hell out of the Angels. Rightfully so. I don't know what you do though when you have a player that you are paying more than Mike Trout per year that thinks the baseball season is too long, yet you are making more money than probably seven to eight starters on your team. I didn't even have this in the notes to talk about. I just thought about it. Why don't they just DFA his ass? Like, what's the point of having that in your ball club? Like, Ron Washington is going to – he's going to shape him up, but – I went when like, is he, he's got another three years, you said? Another three years until the end of 2027 before he gets traded alongside Robert Stevenson. Yeah, I mean, it, for anyone who didn't hear his comments, if anyone's still listening to our rambling, yeah. Um, what did, do, you have, do you have the quote in front of him? He basically said the, the MLB season's too long. It's, it's not even – it's like having the quote and everything right now is fine. I just – I can't help but sit there being like, I feel so bad for Mike Trout. Yeah, and what a bad look on the or as if the organization wasn't kind of already struggling enough for a good, you know. Well, right. like look, he got he gets into fights with fans. He doesn't. He's not ever on the field. He sucks. It's just, uh, you know, like the season's too long. In comments like that, it's like, why are you? Why like, then get the hell out, dude. Retire. Like, they're not going to change the league for your ass. You know, how many people would love to, you know, how many young players would love to be where he's at right now? $38 million living in Southern California. Yeah, the taxes are high, but oh my God. Pretty nice. Dude, come on, man. I mean, he was on my 60 games in four years. Can you imagine if he was on the Cubs, Vinny? Ooh, I mean, Imagine I thought the Jason York. Hayward contract was bad after a while, but yeah, at least he cared. At least he tried. Yeah. At least Jason, the Cubs don't win a World Series without Jason Hayward. But nope. So that 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 alone makes it worth it. Yeah. If, yep. if Rendon was on the Cubs, I oh man. That However, you can also good. say the Nationals don't win a World Series without Rendon on that team in nineteen. Which just still, it's like, yeah. How does that money yeah. changes people, man? For sure. But he That's wasn't so with the Angels, right? So, I mean, that was before mean? his big year, right? Or his big contract, no? That was the year before he got paid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 2019 year. Don't pay for career years. Yeah, Chris that might, be, that might be the biggest message. Don't, don't pay for career years. <laughs> Out of the whole thing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, even 
if we're going to keep going on this tangent, like did the Cubs pay a little bit too much for Dansby? That was a career that he had two years ago and mm-hmm. he's consistent. He's, he's a good dude. I don't want to crap on Dansby here, but it's kind of like a little bit. And that's not, it's not the Hayward contract, but no, it is, no. like offensively, he does not, he's a seven, eight, nine rather than a five or six that I think they were hoping for. Yeah. He's a great defender. Don't, you know, that's fantastic obviously, but yeah. Yeah, we need a little bit more of a bat if we're going to pay you almost 200. I would think. I don't know. I, yeah. Again, I'm not there for the projections and obviously love Dansby, but. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, like, dude, you know you're in hot water. Like, you know that people look at your contract as the worst contract in baseball. And then you and say something like up. that. I mean, you know, and and because he mentioned, right, it was because he wants to spend more time with his kids and he doesn't see his family very often. And like, I, I would be more willing to accept that if he had been play if if he had played 150 games the last three years, fine, go out and say that. But you haven't played more than 50 games in the last two years. Like, you just you can't do that. You can't do that if you're not playing and you're making as much money as you are because that's the context of it all. Right. If he was playing, even if he was just an average player, like, yeah, okay. People would say, yeah, your contract looks bad. Your contract is like the worst in baseball. Like, and you're coming out and saying that you're not even on the field. So yeah, yeah. Tyler, I agree with you. Good. Just, it, it sucks. The best thing that happened to him is Shohei Otani leaving. Cause now there's literally no media that's going to be willing to deal, wanting to deal or, or trying to, you know, praise questions and making storylines. Like, it's just not that way in Anaheim. Barely was when Otani was there. Hell, Otani didn't have to talk to the media. But wouldn't be shocked if they kind of try to create a storyline around this. But I think Ron Washington will nip it in the butt if it does become a thing at all. Supposedly, Washington went to go talk to him as well in Texas. Washington? Or, yeah, Ron Washington went to go talk oh, to him. I thought for some lives. Yeah, I guess Rendon I thought you meant like the Washington Texas. Nationals. I was like, what? Yeah, Ronnie. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Ronnie. I know I'm on a first name basis. That's why. Ronnie Washington. Yeah, yeah, Ronnie Wool. Yeah, he's in my fave five. Yeah, remember when that was a thing? Remember that? Should sorry. we stop recording? Probably. I just keep rambling. I'm sorry. Kami, do you have anything else to add? That's all I got, boys. To everyone that tuned in for another edition of Big Fly Pod, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you here again soon.